spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 117th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody, I'm joined by my pal Phil, how are you? Doing good, buddy, how about yourself? Not doing too bad, it has been an interesting day today, it seems like planet-wide everyone is weirdly tired today, I don't know if there is, I don't know what's going on, maybe there's a spell on everyone or something, what, what do you feel? It's the goddamn heat, Yeah. It fucking saps it well, out we of don't, you. We ain't no, got no heat yeah. here. Oh, really? Nah, it's... I actually wore a jacket last week. It was like kind of cold. Yeah, it seems like the entire western portion of the continent right now is just isn't hot. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, basically just in records all over the place. Okay, so. this is now we were talking pre-show about stuff we wanted to talk about, and this you just brought up what I remembered. It was the article about the uh heat dome thingy that you talked yes. about right now they claim it happens once every i can't remember if it was a hundred or a thousand years i think it was a hundred this phenomena happens but because of the accelerated climate thing they think it's going to get to the point where it's happening every single decade uh in the near Whoa. future so <laughs> sorry siberia there have, there have been two in Phoenix since I've moved here. One this year and then one, I believe, maybe either last year or the year before. I know there was a heat dome last year, I think, because there was a certain point where it was just hot for an entire like stretch and it just hung over central Arizona. Did they call so it the maybe, bubble yeah. thing? Yeah, the heat dome. They called huh. it a heat dome. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I, I was just reading that on a news article and it was like, maybe it's like the one that went over sub siberian stuff maybe that's the one they're referring to okay maybe a heat dome happening in like the pacific northwest like in other places other than like phoenix where conditions are like perfect for it possibly that could be it but yeah i know i've had one two years it's like since i've moved here five years ago so well i know uh Canada has quite a few dead bodies from the uh, massive heat. I did see that. Um, <clears throat> so it was obviously, obviously they're probably not prepared for that type of weather. But uh, but yeah, it's real, real sad. Um, speaking of hot weather, uh, how are your Phoenix Suns doing? Well, they're, uh, they're having a little bit of a cold spell right now. So a lot of the... A lot of the bandwagon fans may have broken their ankles jumping off. Yeah, so, they're all Bucks fans now. Yeah, possibly. Giannis. Oh. Old Giannis, isn't he the main guy? Yes, yeah, Giannis Anadokupo. He was fucking, he was like a fucking house on fire. Came in last night. I, walked, I went to the bar last night, watched the game, some of my friends, and it was just amazing. I mean, 
just to watch him play, he is extreme. I mean, well, he's extremely gifted. He's extremely tall. And just to watch him go in there against who are these other guys he's going up against are also very large men, but they look small compared to him. He's it's, it's crazy. The position that he plays at his height too. It's, it's amazing. He can play it. Is he like seven one or something? He's I believe he's six eleven. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah. You know what? I I don't follow basketball that closely. I I won't lie. I don't even really know the positions that well. But I asked one person who is like really into it, like what makes LeBron so good, and he just told me. Maybe you can validate this. Is like he's really tall and big but he can play like every single position really good. Well, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. He's also extremely athletically you know, gifted, but yeah, he can, he can basically play any position. He, uh, well, he's a bit older now. So when he was younger, I mean, he was playing, he was playing a thousand miles an hour every single minute when he was out there. Now he can only like be the old LeBron, you know, he has to kind of, he has to turn it down but he still has like flashes. It's kind of like how Jordan was later on in his career. But yeah, I mean, it's just amazing things that they do, you know, amazing, amazing dunks, amazing plays, uh, a really good basketball IQ, that kind of stuff. Kind of like the total mm. package. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't help that the, it, it only helps that they're, you know, tall. So is it weird? Should we feel bad that some of the, let's say offensive linemen who are like 340 pounds, are way more athletic than you or I are. Well, yeah, but if you looked at them, <laughs> you wouldn't think so. the The problem with that with the uh, offensive linemen is they're very, very athletic within like three to five yards. Like their their movement between like where they're standing and moving like you know three to five yards away is extremely fast. But then you get them out, you know, okay, now run the forty, and they run pretty slow forty speeds. So, I bet they could beat us. Mm, five maybe even, you. It, <laughs> five sec. I don't know. They're still like five seconds, aren't they? Yeah, they're still pretty good. Yeah. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I used to run. I used to be able to run really well, but now I've been out of the military for about a year and a half now. So so okay. I don't know. Here's probably Phil, not as good as I used to. Here's be. Phil's challenge. Okay. <laughs> uh, any NFL caliber offensive lineman, email the show subliminaldpodcasts at gmail dot com. And we'll set up a relay race between you and Phil here. I, I'm genuinely curious who would be faster. <laughs> just just a uh, 40-yard dash. Okay. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd probably actually get side cramps about 30 yards in right now. There you go. With uh, what shape I'm in. Well, maybe one of them are, who listens out there will will re- reply to this and challenge you. But uh, anyway, Phil, are you ready to get into this week's episode? Yeah, let's go for it. Weirdly enough, this is going to have a little bit of a tie-in from your episode last week, but it'll be at the end of the show. It'll be kind of fun. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about Earth's neighbor, the red planet we call Mars. The planet Mars has always been a talking point as far as the next possible planet that humans could colonize, a mission that will hopefully be sending the likes of Jeff Bezos or some other greedy asshole to the red planet without the ability to return back. Now, oddly enough, you were talking about Mr. Richard Branson. Yes. Who, okay, do you want to go over that real quick? So it actually just happened 
um, the day before we're recording right now. So Richard Branson, he has part of his uh, Virgin company. Uh, Richard Branson, obviously billionaire, you know, kind of like the likes of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, all of those. He is one of those that's kind of competing with Jeff Bezos and a couple, I'll say one or two other billionaires for trying to kind of be like the next like big guy into space. Like there's also Tesla's guy and there's like one other dude who's like really trying to be like, you know, jet set earth people forward. He actually just took the comp the company that he owns virgin galactic just took their new space plane like into outer space and he was on uh he was on that space plane so that's pretty fucking dope i remember the first time he went into space he was talking about wanting to be the pioneer for like space tourism i guess yes yeah that's what this is of. Okay. so it's basically going to be selling tickets for you to go in and do for, you know, obviously people who can afford it. But I mean, the more and more companies that are doing this, the lower the price is going to be. It's kind of like flying, you know, back in the 30s and 40s. At first, it was only like the most wealthy people or companies able to do it, you know, send people on planes. Now, everyone can fly. So eventually, it's going to get cheaper and cheaper until we're getting flights to Mars or dude, other space stations. Dude, would you do it if you could afford would it? I, like the space would plane. I, oh, would I go into space? Yeah. Mm, maybe. Honestly, if I had a flight, say I needed to go to China for some reason, and there was the ability to take a space plane, instead of having to fly for, you know, however many, like 15, 20 hours to get there, Instead, you could take a space plane and go into outer space and just kind of, you know, get there in maybe three to four hours. I would totally do that. Like anything <laughs> to cut down on the time between, you know, transatlantic or transpacific flights. So, well, definitely. I don't know if that is the sole purpose of uh, of that tourist thing, I guess, to reduce flights. But uh the thing I'll say, Richard Branson, I don't think is an asshole. Maybe a little bit, but I don't think he's an ass like Jeff Bezos, kind of Elon Musk, the Walton family. Like, let's send them to Mars. Just send them yeah. all there. Um, <laughs> him, I think he's okay. The problem is whenever you have that much money, you're allowed to be an asshole and no one's allowed to call you out on it because you have so much money. Very true. Solid point. Yeah. Being this is a conspiracy-ish show, we want to talk about all the weird things revolving around the planet Mars. The first ever craft that humanity had sent to Mars was the Viking Landers in 1976. And still, in the year 2021, we are seemingly at least a decade out from sending humans there. Could there be any secrets that places like NASA are hiding from us about the planet Mars, Phil. How do you feel there's something about Mars we're not being told? Well, it does seem like we've been about 10 years or a decade from sending humans to Mars since I was a little kid. Yeah. It was always, oh, yeah, we're just like 10 years out. We're just 10 years out during the Bush administration. Yeah, yeah, we're just 10 years out from going to Mars. And then they kind of pushed that 10 years back. Every 10 years or so, they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, another 10 years. So we'll be we'll be there. That, um, that's I don't a valid know. point, actually. I've never thought of it that way, but you are 
entirely correct about that. Yeah, it seems like they are. So they send their little uh, their robots out to Mars every once in a while, and they always kind of find something cool out there. And conspiracy theorists always, you know, see something in the pictures that they take. They always see the. So there was a, a few years ago. Hold one on, of the pictures that we're we probably oh, we're gonna talk about we this? probably okay. are going to talk about. I have a lot of pictures that crazy okay. people have found. Then I will say one of the big thing is they think that they found ice under like the surface of Mars, not quite like the great Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. Uh, total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. yeah, not quite like that, but they think they have found like ice particles forming in like the soil i think i i just read an we'll, article on it we so. will be going over that as well phil okay cool um yeah the i've came to realize looking at this that mars we've we've probably we've kind of made a lot of leaps and bounds since you know we were little kids but unfortunately it's always like you said kind of we're pushing it back. We're pushing it back. You know, we'll get there eventually. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. I did see finally. Now, this seems like they must have figured out something because um, NASA's website estimates the trip to Mars, the 300 million mile uh, journey to Mars from Earth is going to take about seven months. Um, that's That's a straight shot. That's not like including if they were to stop at the International Space Station or something like that. So that seems faster than what they might have predicted quite a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, our rockets have gotten faster. Um, basically, our technology obviously has gotten better and better uh, leading up to this. So it's it's kind of not – it wasn't feasible really 20 years ago to actually send someone to Mars. I mean maybe it was, but really – how good it is now they've always been they've been waiting for the technology to it's it's like they've been waiting for their you know their reach to you know catch up to their grasp or whatnot you know or the other way around maybe but yeah i was also going to say that you to in order to have that seven month flight you actually have to wait for mars and earth to line up on the the uh, solar plane too you have to basically have it where earth and mars are like catching up to each other well uh it literally says in their site that they have the ability to change the speed and direction um while they're flying there as well so that must have came a long ways as well yeah it's um the trying to think about how it you basically i was I remember when I was in at uh, ASU, we were in a astronomy class. They were talking about basically how you would get yourself to Mars. It's almost like that Armageddon documentary that was really great, how they okay, swung yeah. around the moon. Yeah. It's kind of like you would have to use like the planet's own, like the moon's own gravity to kind of like swing you in the right direction and get you up to speed to kind of not only break free from like Earth's gravity, but also to get you so that you're going fast enough so that you could catch Mars. Because remember, basically, you're trying to leave, Earth, leave Earth's atmosphere, catch up with Mars before it passes by. Just like that game Kerbal Space, um, Kerbal Space Program that I was playing, if you miss it, you're basically flying out in space Hell yeah. and unable to catch up with it because <laughs> you don't have enough fuel to catch it on your own. 
you right. need a lot of other things too. So. Right. You're right. Uh, a lot of good information. Uh, quick thing before I jump into some fun Mars facts. Um, I was watching, I'll explain the documentary, I'm air quoting here, that I was watching about the <laughs> the last guy we're going to be talking about here. But there just happened to be this like random informative video is the best way I can describe it. I don't know if it's made for kids or whatever because it's kind of cartoony or whatnot. But it was describing like the different types of suns in the galaxy. And yes. Holy shit. They put the largest one they've ever found on there. And what did they say? I, I think... They said if you're traveling the speed of light to get around it, it would take eight hours or something like that. And if you took the fastest thing we have on the planet Earth that humans can do, it would take us 500 years to travel around it. That's insane. Uh, Yeah, our sun is like much larger, like, you know, hundreds of times larger than Jupiter is. But there are planets out there like that make it look like a dwarf like a dwarf yeah, star yeah. compared to how big they are they like said some of these if, some I, of these giant ones if they said if you put that star in our where our sun is it would eat mm-hmm. up jupiter <laughs> like yes. that's how big wow holy shit all right that's pretty big jesus yeah. anyway uh yep. yeah anybody interested look that up it's a crazy fucking video it like blows your mind but anyway are you ready for some mars facts phil Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, the planet Mars was named after the Roman god of war. It is often referred to as the red planet because of its red surface, which is because basically everything is covered in iron oxide, giving it that rusty looking color. Kind of a pretty color for a planet. I'm just going to say that. Maybe that's unpopular opinion. I kind of like yep. it. How do you feel about it? Pretty color for a planet, not for a city. That's Pittsburgh. No. Just kind of just falling down and just dirty. I mean, that's like real rust. This just looks like rust. Like Pittsburgh is literally covered in rust dust. Uh, So (laughs) definitely. (laughs) What if they just shot Pittsburgh to Mars? Like that was the first civilization. (laughs) They just (laughs) launched the whole city and just parked it up there. It was like Futurama. Yeah. They just. Like when they detached Atlanta and put it in the Atlantic, they just <laughs> shot the city of Pittsburgh out into space. Hell yeah. I don't think they'd mind as long as they had uh, <laughs> fo- Steelers football still. <laughs> now, yeah. Mars is the second smallest planet in our solar system, coming in at 4,217 miles in diameter compared to the Earth's 7,926 miles in di- diameter. Mars actually has two moons named, Phil, you might have to help me. I think there's Demo, Demios and Phoebos. Phobos. Phobos, okay. Phobos. Yeah, apparently these are the names of the two horses that pulled the god of war, uh, Mars's chariot. I thought that was kind of interesting. I would have never, I don't know what sort of dork named this shit, you know, but very clever. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of tells you about, like, so whenever you look at these planets, it tells you, or, um, you know, anything, kind of tells you about, like, which civilizations kind of, like, discovered them, or, you know, what was popularized. So a lot of them are named after, like, Greek. 
Yeah. Or, you know, have Greek sounding names. Um, so like the God of, it's kind of cool how I didn't really know that, uh, Demos and Phoebo or Phobos was actually the horses that pulled Mars's chariot. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I thought that was kind of metal. Actually. I thought that was really fucking yeah. cool. Now cool. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if you knew, but they think unlike our moon, their Mars's moons they think might have just been two loose asteroids that kind of got caught uh, there. Yeah, I know the smaller moon. They do believe that it's a loose asteroid. I know there's a lot of alien conspiracy about that one too. Oh, that moon is uh, that moon is possibly an alien base. Interesting. I didn't even read on. You know what I found out in this because I love doing the planet thing and. Yeah. Yeah, we obviously did Jupiter, which seems to be like the mother load <laughs> of all of the planets for some reason. Mars yeah. doesn't have as much like weird sounds coming or it might be like a giant alien satellite or anything like that. It's basically more or less we'll talk about it, but just is there life living there or not? You know, and it's kind of yes. weird how that conspiracy world works like that. Yeah, I think the smaller of the two moons, I'm not sure exactly which one it is. I think it's basically potato shaped. It's not quite large enough to be spherical. Hmm. It's it's yeah, it's a, it's a non-spherical kind of um satellite orbiting it. I'd have to actually look it up, but yeah, to I, see what it actually looks like. As we we'll find out here in a second, um the as far as I know their moons aren't big enough to have it affect their gravity, I believe is how it is or something like that. Um, okay. Like it doesn't affect Mars. Like our moon affects planet earth basically. Oh, the, the wobble. It yes. doesn't, uh, it's not like a sister planetoid like no, ours is. No, oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. So basically, I mean, maybe there's aliens on it. I don't know. Maybe there's Irish people on it. I don't know what's on there. We don't really know. As long as there's whiskey, there's Irish people <laughs> on it. I mean, that's kind of the rule for everything. So I heard that there's a lot of whiskey stills up there, but they they haven't confirmed it yet. Yeah. Now, just, just like just I was gonna say, just like we're checking other planets for water for life, you know, check Phobos for whiskey. There might be Irish <laughs> on it. If you see a bunch of red hair <laughs> waving in the wind, <laughs> you know the Irish and Scots are up there. Now, yeah. Phil, one day on Mars is 24 hours and 37 minutes. Can you imagine working here? They would try to make you work that extra 37 minutes. If, oh, like, I Be imagine. Bezos was yep. here or something, forget yep. about it. And a year on Mars is 687 days long. So that would make you and I, what, like 17 now or something like that? Yeah, it would cut down our lifespan, yeah, from uh, 35 down into the, like, maybe late teens, early 20s. So I'd have to do the math on that. <laughs> what if it was like, damn, he lived till he was 44. What a long life he lived. Like, because technically you'd be like, what, 88-ish or something like that, you know? Kinda oh, yeah, cool. if you made it into your 50s, you'd be an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Mars has gravity. But it is 37% weaker than Earth's gravity, meaning you could jump up to three times higher uh, on Mars than you can on Earth, which might mean Phil and I might be able to actually dunk a basketball on Mars. Not on Earth, but on Mars yeah. we could do it. 
you would still have to lower the rim a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. We might be able to get up there. Yeah. Also similar to Earth, Mars does have an atmosphere, but it's much, much thinner, meaning it cannot trap in the heat from the sun like the Earth can. So during the winter on Mars, it can get as cold as a hundred or sorry, negative 148 degrees Fahrenheit. And the summer only reaches a temp of about 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So the, the, let's say from Phoenix, right? The, uh, summer birds or whatever they call them come Mm. to Minnesota to enjoy the 68 degree weather of our summers, but the winter's, Negative 148 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, There's only a few tough boys who live in Minnesota who could handle that type of weather. Yeah, the uh, the snowbirds would have to travel. Yeah, they would definitely have to travel to you know much nicer, much nicer climates. To uh, yeah, I imagine you'd probably have to stick close to the equator of Uh, Mars. uh, Of Mars. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the cold is kind of like the hardest. I would assume is the hardest part of humans surviving there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously there's a, a lack of oxygen being, you know, r- really none. There's uh there's <laughs> dust storms too, which are extremely bad, but yeah, the cold would be um, well, also really bad. Yeah. I mean, the thing is you're wearing a pressurized space suit when you go outside anyway. So it's not like you're walking around outside 148 in your, you know, Columbia jacket. Right. You're wearing a pressurized spacesuit. So, I mean, that'll well, give you some worth. But, I, I don't, do you yeah. remember the commercials? Maybe you didn't even get them in Arizona with like the, I can't remember if she was North Face or Columbia. It was like this really old lady who's just like, makes it seem like her jackets can take anything, any sort of climate condition. Let's put her on Mars when it's negative 148 degrees and see if her jackets hold up. Yeah, in Phoenix, we don't get very much uh, winter jacket, you know. No commercials like adver- that. No commercials like that, <laughs> yeah. We might get them for people, like, if if YouTube knows that you like to ski. Oh, also, I don't have cable. I don't, I don't, I cut the cord, like, years ago. Gotcha, so. okay. But if YouTube knows that you like to snowboard or ski from them, like, data mining you, then you might get some of that, you know, some of that, advertisements for gear but gotcha. yeah you're not unless you do that you're not going to get anything like that well maybe we should tell jeff bezos when he goes to mars if you just step out of your craft take your outfit off take your spacesuit, <laughs> it'll make your hair grow back or you tell him like <laughs> you'll <laughs> you'll get you'll double your money if you can <laughs> hold your breath on mars for for a few yeah. seconds there anyway anyway to get rid of him uh anyway yeah. here well, go ahead Exactly, just like the uh, great documentary Total Recall. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is on the planet, and his eyes are sucking out of his head. Hell yeah. Maybe we get Bezos to do that. (laughs) All right. Now, here's some interesting facts about Mars as well. Uh, Mars actually contains the highest mountain slash volcano in our entire solar system it is called olympus mons and it is three times the height of mount everest so all you instagram flexing motherfuckers out there climb this bitch don't get out of here with that little ass mount everest shit yeah so do you know how that formed uh i know not really go ahead if you know Okay, so Mars doesn't actually have tectonic plates like the Earth does. Okay. So basically the surface isn't moving around. So like Hawaii, 
Hawaii is a hotspot, but the tectonic plate above the hotspot moves, which means that the Hawaiian island chain basically just stretches, you know, the entire length of the plate. The problem is Olympus Mons, the hotspot, when, so obviously like the planets doesn't have uh, like, it's kind of cold now. It's not, doesn't have a, a molten, molten underneath anymore. Yeah, yeah. But when it did, the hotspot basically never moved, making Olympus Mons like just kind of like keep exploding and keep building up layer upon layer, which is what made it so big. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. if you told, you know, if you told people you climbed Olympus Mons versus Mount Everest, it's a hell of an accomplishment. It's a hell of a flex, isn't it? Oh yeah, that'd be the uh, that's the new Instagram flex <laughs> for uh, for billionaires. They would probably get a poor person just to carry them up. It though. true. Well, here we go. We're gonna tell Bezos he's got to try to be the first man to climb it. I don't, they <laughs> they would be looking for space sherpas for people <laughs> to go carry their fucking uh, espresso machine up the side of the mountain. Hell, knowing him, he's gonna have like robotic legs and fucking arms to like automatically <laughs> climb his ass up there. To look uh, like fucking. Uh, Professor, what is that, Dr. Octopus yeah, Doc or whatever? Oc, fucking Doc, <laughs> Doc Ock. Oc. Now, Mars, as you briefly mentioned, also has the largest dust storms in our solar system, uh, some of which can last for months on end. And apparently they're so nasty, they just like completely change the surface of Mars like repeatedly over and over again. Kind of like, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of like a humongous dust bowl happening constantly, right? Yeah, kind of like, well, I mean, in uh, some deserts, so they're kind of saying the, like the, the sand around the pyramids, if, if we, if there wasn't humans just kind of every once in a while sweeping the sand away, then the, how the sands would be, you know, completely engulf it in a few years. I think on Mars, it could just completely engulf it after one of these storms. Yeah. It's just... There's just so much shit in the air that gets deposited down on the ground. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like the surface of Mars is rarely the same after one of these kind of go goes by. Obviously, you'll have yes. like the craters and all of that shit are the same, but it'll like shift everything. And, and from the pictures that you see of the planet itself, you can see the big ass black <laughs> dust storm. It looks like a giant hurricane kind of. But yeah, um, I did see the they were talking about like theories or concepts on how to inhabit Mars. One of them was like, obviously, they want to like the first round of it's going to be how, you know, how you colonize a planet is you take the spaceship that you showed up on and you tear it apart and make that like the pods. You make those the bases. But I guess like maybe trying to do like an underground base or something like a dome, like in Total Recall, so that you could try to keep it so that you aren't affected by the dust storms as much. Mm. So you're already buried. So it's not like you, you know. You know it's that, not like you have to worry about your base getting buried when you're already underground. You know there was one uh, astronaut or scientist from Florida who's like, can we just nuke them dust storms? Can we shoot our guns at it? <laughs> no. What Jeff. if we what if we pray it away? Can we pray it away? <laughs> yeah. I think with the power of Jesus. We can Jesus mask it nicely all... to go away. Smite that dust storm, Jesus. Smite it. I hear there's gays flying around in that oh, dust storm. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus, take down that dust storm. 
All right. Well, moving on here, Phil. Uh, so let's start to move into the actual conspiracy part of this episode. Now, kind of the interesting thing that I, I've mentioned kind of about Mars, you know, you have Jupiter has all these, is it an alien satellite base, blah, 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 things like that. Now, Mars, as mentioned, kind of revolves around, is there life there? More specifically, there was an argument about water and and things like that. It wasn't that long ago since they, they actually discovered that water does exist on Mars, even though there's a lot of speculation, simply due to all the crags, canyons, uh, valleys, things like that, things that we know on Earth are created by water, but they could never find evidence of water. So have you, how much, you kind of briefly mentioned, how much have you heard about their discoveries with water on Mars without spoiling anything? Well, I mean, going back into the history a little bit. So the big idea, I don't want to, I don't want to jump on whatever you're going to, if you're going to talk about this. So basically one of the things is the first people to look through telescopes to look at Mars actually named them canals on Mars. Uh, the basically those lines, those long streaks. Right. And that's why a lot of people thought that there were life on Mars because the idea canals are man-made source uh, ways to move around water. That's why they thought that, you know, that, oh, there's canals on Mars, which means there must be like, you know, civilization. So, um, yeah, there is basically they've had an idea that there's water just because of some of, you know, uh, some of the way that the soil is kind of moved around and, you know, formed. They think that there might be water underneath the surface. Right. You are very correct here. Well, I have the exact information for you, Phil. Uh, in okay. 2018, European Space Agency's Mars orbiting spacecraft called Mars Express discovered a lake underneath the surface of Mars, uh, and they have found three more lakes since then. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but one of these lakes is about one-fifth the size of Germany. Uh, quite big. Uh, how I've, Germ <laughs> What's that? I was going to say, if you're comparing it to the size of Germany, then you got to watch out for it because it probably wants to grow. Are they calling it Lake Hitler or what? <laughs> Keep your eye on that one. So uh, it might have ambitions. I'm wondering, is one-fifth of the size of Germany bigger than any of the Great Lakes? Yeah, it'd have to be, right? No. Uh, one-fifth the size of Germany? I, God, I don't, I don't think it would be bigger than any of the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes are pretty fucking big. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, quite large. Yeah, they're larger than a lot of the European countries. So obviously not all of them, but no. yeah, they're pretty large. So I don't think that one-fifth the size of Germany would be larger than any of the Great Lakes. Mm. But yeah, one-fifth the size of Germany is still pretty big. Now, here's where I think the most interesting aspect of uh, the water discovery on Mars, okay? Obviously, it's not on the surface, but underneath they have discovered the water. Um, some of it is frozen, but what they speculate, I guess they haven't technically proven it yet, is that the water that is buried underneath the surface of the earth has to be full of enough salt to keep it in a liquefied state, similar to anybody who lives in the Midwest um, yes. probably knows throwing salt on the road 
melts the uh, the ice and whatever else. So this is where the question lies. Yes, you need water for life as far as we know. But if it has that much salt in it, could that water have life in it? Or like some sort of species evolved to live in that high of a salt content water, I guess. Um, interesting, huh? It makes you think. Yeah, I mean, there are cases of uh, like extremophiles who would live. I mean, honestly, ocean life lives in a salt water, you know. Obviously, probably maybe not that high of concentration of salt. I don't know exactly the the concentration. I'm pretty sure they said it would have to be like five times as much salt as the ocean has. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's quite a bit of salt. (laughs) That's more than you put on your fucking food. (laughs) Just a tiny bit more than I put put on my mashed potatoes. Just a little (laughs) bit more. But, yeah, I mean, there are extremophiles that can live in some pretty crazy fucking... I mean, there's life that can live... They found them living basically in volcanoes. So, I mean, obviously, in, in extreme cold... Maybe, but if it does at times get up to negative 68, I mean, say that there's, say that there's one of these underground lakes that's close to the equator. Maybe they could live in there if it's liquid most of the time. There are life too that have been frozen and can come back to life after they've right. been frozen. Right. So those stupid, those weird little bear things, aren't yeah, they like those, unkillable? Uh, Tribalite, tribolites or something yeah. like that. God, those are ugly I, bastards. They are. God, those look weird. I mean, they uh, I, I'm not saying their name exactly right. It starts with a T, but those are some weird looking little little organisms. Yeah, I don't know. They're very scary looking. Uh, those little worms that like lived underneath where the glaciers are kind of interesting. I learned about them when I was in Alaska. They're very, very okay. tiny. But as I think it was as the glacier has melted, they've discovered them underneath them or inside of them or something like that. It's really weird. Yeah, it's amazing kind of like the little niches that organisms can pick up. Um, even if the even if the life kind of first evolved wasn't actually meant for that, you know, they had, you know, some of the species might stray into filling this little, you know, filling this little niche. Right. Right. Well, we're, we're with that out of the way. Okay. Though that no. that particular information about the water is one hundred percent confirmed. We know that is true. Now it's time to move on to the part of the episode where none of this might be true. We don't really know. And there's going to be a lot of series of pictures here. Phil and I are going to be talking about, and I'm certain he's going to put them on the Instagram so everybody can see them. Um, I'll toss them up. But basically, like Phil kind of mentioned, people in the conspiracy world kind of obsess over these pictures that like NASA's taking or who, whatever (laughs) space station's taking, and they keep zooming in, zooming in till they find something that fits usually whatever narrative they're trying to fill, I guess, is the best way you can describe it. But... We're going to look at some of these. Let's start off with this first one that is allegedly an alien soldier. Now, this is an interesting one to me. This one looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. Yes, it does. It reminds me of the great, uh, once again, a a great documentary, but The Fifth Element. Yep, that's the the first thing I was thinking. The aliens that first showed up. Yep, definitely. Uh, You can see it. I mean, 
Uh, it is, I mean, the thing is, human brains kind of have this weird thing from back when we were kind of still, you know, animalistic to look and kind of like see figures or see faces and things where there isn't like a, a humanoid figure or a face. And this is kind of like an example of that. You yeah. kind of see something that looks, you know, it looks a little weird. It, it looks a little out of place. And you kind of like attribute like arms and a head and that a back shoulders, that kind of thing. So I don't know. This is kind of a cool picture. I mean, I, we're going to learn I, about I, someone who talks about the alien life on Mars. And technically, this could be one of the things he describes. But I don't know. Yeah, we'll come back to that once I, we get there. <laughs> I do like the enhanced picture that's kind of doctored a little bit. Yeah. underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. He may. They definitely make it look a little bit more believable with like the big eyes and yeah. shit. And it looks like he has a weird gun. Yeah. We uh we all need to find this fucking uh filter this instagram filter <laughs> or snapchat filter <laughs> the snapchat filter yeah i don't use that shit but <laughs> the one that makes you look like an alien yeah it's a good one i look i had the one that made me bald i don't know if i'm prepared for that yet all right i don't need that <laughs> now the second picture we have here is allegedly a rock formation that's supposed to be the face of Socrates, an ancient, the ancient Greek philosopher. I really don't see it on this one. No, I mean, it's kind of like that, that phenomenon that I mentioned before, where you're kind of, your brain makes faces. Yeah. Place it. I mean, it's the same thing with pe- people who, um, who's that Zach Baggins guy. Whenever oh, he yeah. puts up, uh, whenever he puts up a picture of, oh, this was a ghost. It's like, uh. It might be just kind of like weird little flares of light and shadows that make a, yeah. a, a face. Yeah. But And then you enhance it. I'm quoting air quotes. Enhance it and make it look like a face. So ah, The Zach Baggins effect. Let's just call it that then. Yeah. All right. Now, <laughs> a douche. Now the next one is apparently an ancient Egyptian sarcophagus found on the mm. surface of Mars. You can see the yellow there. It does bear a resemblance to it, I suppose. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so there's on Earth, there are these giant statues in Egypt that actually kind of there's like four of them right next to each other. It actually kind of looks like one of those. Um, I mean, maybe it's it depends on I would have to look at what the real picture is and not, you know, like this it's enhanced kind of, one here. This is enhanced. This is colored in to show you. I mean, I wonder what it looks like at different times of the day. Show me what it looks like when the sun's in different direct, you know, when the sunlight's coming at it, different directions, the shadows are different. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, I think they're grasping at straws on this here. A little bit. But I mean, if it looks like that all the time, like if you were actually on the planet and we're up on a say like you had a drone shot of this and it was like you know perfect daylight conditions perfect everything over time and it looked like that i'd be like well maybe you know but it depends on what it looks like when it's not so enhanced the thing the thing that would be the most interesting about this particular photo is and you're like well what why would there be an egyptian thing on mars well anybody who's probably listening to this knows that there's a weird belief that ancient egypt was or the ancient world 
was assisted by extraterrestrial life, right? Um, so I yes. guess maybe that's why they think, ooh, it could be the Egyptian artwork is actually like alien artifacts or something like that. So I can see what they're going for. Yeah, well, I mean, the, there's kind of this weird little theory that when Mars actually was in the, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, Mars was actually habitable, but kind of like the same situation that's happening to our planet now happened on Mars. And then the Martians came here and whole interbreeding or yeah. kind of like started Atlantis is one of the big, the big ones. Well, so. hold that thought. We're going to be getting into something okay. like that right after this here, Phil. So I'll pull back the reins on myself. <laughs> Excellent questions. Now, the next one is apparently some type of leftover bottle or like alien beer bottle. I don't know. What do you think about that? Goddamn Irishmen. Yeah. <laughs> They're here. They threw it from the little uh, whiskey moon around Mars there. I don't know. That one <laughs> looks like an old ass Mountain Dew bottle kind of. A little bit. Yeah. Tiny bit. But again, I think it's kind of horseshit. Um, and then the last one's kind of interesting. They think this might yes. be some sort of alien statue. And it kind of, you know, much like the alien soldier, kind of does look like it's out of place. Yes, it does. It is, I mean, it kind of looks like a Martian Sasquatch a little bit. What? Like it, the way it's walking. Well, I don't think it is walking. It's supposed to be a statue. Like if well, there no, was, yeah, but yeah, but that's what it looks the way like. That to the you. arms are positioned. Yeah. Right. Okay. Maybe Sasquatch is from Mars. Possibly. I mean, <laughs> they there are theories that Sasquatches are dropped here by alien races because they don't want to get their you know their hands dirty with us humans. Hey, you um, know, I could see it. Just just like Amazon executives, they definitely would throw those Amazon workers down if they uh, if they were ever. Oh, absolutely. planets. Well, you know, the difference between this and Amazon is Amazon wouldn't make a monument of any of their workers, no matter how good they are, unless it's Jeff Bezos. Oh, God, no. Well, they would do the uh, they would do the Russian thing where they made a monument to the spirit of the peasant workers, <laughs> but they would never actually, you know, honor any peasant worker right. in real right. life, you know, or make <laughs> their life better. Same situation. Exact same thing, actually. Okay. Now let's go over this real quick before we move on. Are any of these pictures calling to you or do you think it's all horseshit? Are any of these compelling? Um, a, Maybe the statue one, the, uh, the Egyptian statue, depending on, I would have to look at it different times of day, obviously. The Socrates one, not at all. The alien soldier one, I think that's just a rock. Um, the the bottle one, I don't I don't know what they're going coming with. But I really do like this statue. It is, I mean, obviously it's the same phenomenon that I was talking about before, but it yeah. does look very out of place. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's so it's some it's it seems like it could be something. It's just in a weird, I mean, honestly, statues just like randomly kind of plopped in the middle of nowhere, but maybe, you know, maybe Remnants. if there was life there 20,000 years ago, maybe yeah. there was a, a whole fucking, maybe that was the top of a pyramid. Who knows? You Could know, be. there's probably a lot of shit hidden under the surface of bars, just like the lakes. Yep. Definitely. All right. Now we're going to be moving on. We're going to be getting a little weirder and weirder here as we go. Um, so we've, we kind of talked about, could there have been life on Mars previously? Always a question. 
Um, now, the interesting thing is we do know there are chunks of Mars that meteorites, essentially, that have made their way to Earth. They have found chunks of Mars literally in Antarctica, which leads some to believe that maybe is this where your panspermia thing comes from? If there was life on Mars, it got pulled off and brought to Earth, and then there's better conditions on Earth that started life here. You yes. know, that was kind of a little conspiracy that they have thrown around. What do you? How do you feel about that one? Well, I mean, those rocks that they found were pretty interesting. They were basically, yeah, just chunks of Mars that blasted off and kind of found their way to Earth. They actually did. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed that it was or wasn't actually like fossilized life or little caverns where it looked like kind of like life maybe hitched dried or spilled out of it. But there are these weird little kind of they almost look like worm like uh, like if there was a fossilized worm in there at one point that kind mm. of, you know, got the uh, the matter got eaten away and then left a little bit of uh, uh, an indent in there kind of looks like that. Um, they're pretty famous pictures of those meteorite or Martian chunks. So it's pretty pretty interesting. I didn't know those existed until after I um, started kind of looking at all this stuff. But I think I think it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the idea that life started on Mars and then kind of showed up on here. They do kind of have theories that Mars was actually. Like a lot had a lot better atmosphere, actually had liquid water on the surface. The problem is Mars is so small that its size didn't allow it to hold on to its atmosphere. And right. also it's so much smaller that it wasn't able to kind of hold its own heat in in its core. Kind of like the moon, how the moon used to have a molten core, but it's so small that the heat kind of just left left, uh, you know, jetted out of it, kind of wasn't able to insulate itself. Well, Phil, now that you mentioned that, okay, did life previously have life or did Mars previously have life on it? Well, yep. I have, I'm here to inform you that this is going to lead us directly into the latest Mars conspiracy that's literally been <laughs> circling the internet within the last year, okay? It yep. uh, comes hand-delivered from one of the newer social media crazes known as the TikTok or TikTok, I guess. Uh, do you are you familiar as, with as the young, as the youngsters call yeah, it? Yeah, the, the TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> I've said that ironically. Do you know you know what TikTok know. is, right? I know I know what it is. I don't use it. Okay, yeah, I don't. I okay, don't now a TikTok user by the name of Crackhead Joe Dirt. Okay, that's literally okay. his username. Released a video claiming that he actually knows the real reason why Mars is red. Crack okay. Crackhead Joe Dirt claims that he has insider knowledge that Mars used to have flowing water all over the surface a billion years ago and also had an abundance of natural resources. But it all came crashing down when the intelligent life that was living on Mars, presumably humans at the time, ruined the planet by launching an insane amount of nuclear weapons, thus causing nuclear winter that has forever left the planet red. This is according to Crackhead Joe Dirt. Um, yes. That nuclear war has destroyed the planet of Mars. How do you feel about this? Yeah, actually, I mean, 
some people might have left the name. I believe I had a professor in college named Crackhead Joe <laughs> Dirt. Um, so maybe he, you know, could be the same fucking guy. But yeah, I mean, definitely, honestly, no. I mean, nuclear war, nuclear, it wouldn't, I don't think it would turn the soil red. Yeah. Um, There's the yeah, other thing that a lot of people pointed to, like scientific people. Even if there was a nuclear winter, it takes like a thousand years to clean up, not a billion. It wouldn't still yeah. be stuck that way after a billion years. No. Yeah. After a billion years, all that radiation would pretty much have decayed. The yeah. half-life would have went down pretty, pretty. You wouldn't even like trip the little fucking uh, little devices they use no. in the horror movies. No. But, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's it's nice that he's, you know, he's out there thinking maybe he's made a little money from it. So that's good. Probably. You know? he, he did go viral, technically. Yeah. He might have actually switched from crack to coke. So <laughs> if he's done that well for himself. He's, he's you know, got a little extra job. money in his pocket now. He's cokehead Joe Dirt now. <laughs> so the crackhead Joe Dirt. Oh, God. There we go. All right. So with that out of the way, that's kind of a fun one. Now, <laughs> let's move into... My favorite conspiracy I found surrounding Mars, okay? Now, this is involving a man by the name of Randy Kramer. Have you ever heard of the name Randy Kramer, Phil? No, I have not. Okay. Now, I'm going to let everybody know. I'm going to kind of skim over this guy just for the sake of um, this episode because this is more about Mars than about this guy but I promise you I am going to make a full episode <laughs> about this guy because he is awesome okay okay now what is important about Randy Kramer is that he claims to have been part of a secret section of the Marines known as Mars Defense Force which he had been a part of for the last 17 years um, so he did that for 17 years, defended Mars. I'll go into what he's defending Mars from. And then after yep. that, he moved on to flying around anti-gravity vehicles throughout the galaxy as part of the Earth Defense Force. That was like the promotion, I guess. So, so far, Phil, how are you feeling about Randy? I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's really, it makes for a nice story Yeah. that, uh, we have a Mars Defense Force and an Earth Defense Force. They uh, they felt the need to split those up, kind of like the Air Force and the Space Force. Well, you know, it, probably it, will pay off in the long run. Now, it seems like they named it, from what I gathered, they named it Earth Defense Force, but it really should be like Solar System Defense Force. You know, Mar yes. the Mars, he's only protecting Mars. Earth, he's defending like the, ga the Solar System, so... Like I said, from the galaxy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, this man needs a whole episode for himself uh, because he's he's uh, this is the guy I was watching YouTube videos about. And I was laughing up a storm here. Now, Randy's training started at the age of four years old. He was trained <laughs> under a special program known as Moon Shadow, which operates under the United States Marine Corps Special Section. So he claims how their little things looks is USMC, all in capital, and then next to it's two tiny little SSs. Okay. I, I guess to not get confused with maybe 
um, the Nazi SSs? I don't know. But anyway. (laughs) It's because they're supposed to be secret. (laughs) uh, U.S. Marine Corps, but it's secret. Because it's it's lowercase. It's super secret that way. Keep it on the DL. It's secret. (laughs) Now, Randy claims to have had a device implanted in his brain that allows him to talk telepathically to his squad mates. And he claims there's 299 other people who have this outside of him himself. So mm-hmm. there, there's that. The most interesting aspect of Randy's training, according to him, is that they use time travel. So he would, they took him when he was four, they would train, yeah. then he'd come back in time. So nobody even noticed that he was missing. Because, you know, a four-year-old goes missing, you're going to kind of be like, well, where's my four-year-old? But they traveled <laughs> back in time to, uh, uh, yeah, so to make sure they could train him in secret. Oh, God, where's my my four-year-old? Has anyone seen my toddler? Then all of a sudden, a 37-year-old fucking overweight dude's just sitting on a stroller. <laughs> oh, no, the, here I am, Mom. Yeah, no, I'm here drinking a beer, fucking eating a sandwich. <laughs> Oh man, this guy is fucking hilarious. I was gonna ask you, have you ever seen the movie? I'm gonna call it movie now. The movie Universal Soldier. Yes, I have. Kinda sounds like that a little bit. But they like didn't we go talking, to another yeah. planet. They did go to another planet in one of the Universal Soldiers. Okay, I was gonna say not the, the original. There no, not the original, but in one of the one of the, the later ones, they went to a trash planet. And uh, he actually helps the people who live on this, who are marooned on this trash planet, fight against the evil, you know, universal soldier people who are attacking them and coming after him. So. Gotcha. That's a Jean-Claude Van Damme classic right there. Uh, The original is pretty awesome. Yeah, the original is Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, the guy from Rocky IV, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. I this love- one is not. This one is the the guy from Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York. It's that guy in this one. Kurt Russell? Yes, I believe it is Kurt Russell. Interesting. Okay. Yep. All right. Now, after Randy reached the age of 17 in 1987, he was sent off to a secret base that was located on the moon, after mm-hmm. which he was then transported to Mars, where he would begin his tour of duty. His main duty was to protect the five human settlements already established on Mars, one of which he claims was called Ares Prime, and that was actually the largest human settlement. Now, 1987, um, they already have five human settlements. I feel like that might be hard to hide. Yes. Um, I mean, it is a good name on to call the main settlement on Mars Ares Prime because yeah. Ares is the Greek name, so he was okay. thinking there. So <laughs> maybe he maybe he graduated from high school. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe. They, they he spent from the time he was four until he was seventeen. Maybe they taught him a little bit of uh, ancient history, or uh, he took a humanities class along with his, you know, his uh, his space fighting classes so all right now think back to these pictures when i'm about to read the next sentence here okay so you might be asking what exactly is randy protecting the human settlements from well he claims that the native inhabitants of mars were two different races reptilians and insectoids randy and his other marines 
had been slaughtering all the reptilians and uh, the insectoids for a very, very long time, believing that they were nothing more than just mindless brutes. But eventually, they came to discover that the reptilians and insectoids actually were a rather intelligent species and lived in hives deep underground in Mars. So the humans, reptilians, and insectoids would eventually sign a peace treaty after many years of fighting. Now, yes. the, think back to them pictures we looked at. Are those reptilian or insectoids, any of those pictures, do you think? I will say, did the, did the uh, <laughs> indigenous Martians, did they trade their planet away for a giant diamond? Like what happened in Futurama? Uh, they did not. Okay, I see the uh, the picture below. I'll have to remember to put this one up too. Yes, this is, is a different race. This is a different human race. This is a different alien race. We're going to talk about in a minute here. Okay, this is a this is a third one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I see it. I see it up there. Where what it's going to be? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It is a shadowy figure against what looks kind of like a shadowy background. No, I'm saying the, remember res. the original pictures we had. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, any of the, I gotcha. Are any yeah. of those reptilian or insectoid in shape? No, that's not uh, <laughs> the original. No, so the original soldier that we looked at was not. No, that does. It's not what an insectoid or a reptilian looks like. Yeah. But I see the third one you're talking about, and yeah. I would say it kind of is that one. Okay, maybe that is what it is. We'll get. Well, let's just get into that. What that is now. The main crux of the peace treaty signed between the three races stipulated that the Marines could not invade any land that was considered sacred to the reptilians or the insectoids. And all three of them would team up to defeat the real evil that had invaded Mars, the Draconians. The Mm -hmm. The Draconians were considered to be the ultimate evil but after a long, grueling battle, the Marines, the Reptilians, and the Insectoids were eventually able to defeat the dr- Draconians and drive them off of Mars completely. Now, this picture, this alleged ah. picture here that I put is apparently a Draconian. Um, okay. I don't know how you can tell. It kind of looks like a rubber ducky. I don't know. I Do you see anything there? It looks like one of those early pictures that they snapped of the Loch Ness monster. Actually. Kind of, yes. A little bit like that. Yeah. Old Nessie. I was gonna, yeah, old Nessie. I was gonna ask, uh, in his in his uh, obviously true stories, did he ever hook up with a like a hot looking insectoid or reptilian? Like, because you know the hero always does in the these no stories, no sex so. for him. He was all about the business. All about just uh, yeah. yeah, you know, he, he was trained just... his whole life for it. He was just there yeah. for the for the battle. Okay. Yeah. Um I would I would I would uh not give his story very I would have actually I would have to look at a picture of him. I could tell right away I, what this guy's This is why is. I'm saying Phil, we're gonna I'm gonna we're do We're gonna do a deep dive. Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll stop myself from making fun of him too much and just talk yeah. about what he's talking about. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we have a little bit more about him. Should do should I get through the rest of it and then you comment on him? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So, after Randy served his long tour of duty on Mars, he returned to the moon base where he underwent a reverse aging process that made his physical body 
returned to what he looked like at 17 years old. So almost he reclaimed his youth, I guess, after yep. serving the U.S. government on Mars for all that whole time. Uh, since Randy Kramer came forward with his story, two more people have actually came forward claiming to have been abducted to this super-secret space program. Uh, one claims that his job was to transport cargo between Mars and Jupiter, and the other person claims to have worked for Lockheed Martin, who was deeply involved in all these uh, interplanetary programs, I guess. Now, here's the connection. uh, Laura Eisenhower, we talked about her last week, right? Yep. She claims that she knew all about the secret space program that Randy Kramer was involved in. And in fact, they tried to abduct her and put her in the program, but couldn't do it. So she's not just special for being Eisenhower's great granddaughter. She's super special. Yeah, she's the super secret space program wanted her. Yeah, she's nice. deep, man. She is deep in there. She's got so, she's got quite a few feathers in her hat. Yeah, you know she's oh, yeah. uh, she's got a lot going on for her. She's the Zach Baggins of the alien world. Yes, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> now, now that Randy's retired, right? He spends yep. his his days offer, offering. Uh, consulting services for law enforcement and military units to prepare them for uh exo as exo invasions yep and unnatural disasters and informs them how to defeat the many different types of alien species you're gonna need to know that if you're gonna be a cop or in the military phil i i'm assuming you haven't contacted him to to help you with the upcoming battle with aliens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they do. It, it is kind of funny, but so how the U.S. government has kind of like contingency plans for all situations, like any country. Basically, the U.S. has a has a plan. Anytime that it needs to attack a country or go to war, I should say, go to defense, have some defense against any other country. They have a little a little plan in place, and it and it goes all the way from the tiniest little island that you've never even heard of like East Timor or somewhere like that. It goes all the way up to like Russia, China, England, the big, the big players. They have to have some kind of contingency plan for like a invasion Mm. of aliens of some kind. And if they actually do, we kind of make fun of this guy. I wonder if they actually do kind of have these little people who are alien theorists, and kind of like come up with little plans for, well, if they are like this kind of alien, then you're going to want to do this, this, and this. You know, it well, would be interesting to find out. Maybe this makes me sound as crazy as Randy, but um, I am kind of in the, I'm in the uh, the area where I think that the U.S. government, or that the alien life has tried to disarm nuclear weaponry from different mm. governments um, and that like, let's say the U S or Russia or whatever do- does not like that. So they have developed ways to combat them. I think they have, or have, have tried to at least do something along those lines. Yeah. That's my personal feeling um, because they're very sensitive about their nuclear weapons. So I don't know. Well, according, according to Valiant Thor, every time that there was a, a nuclear explosion, 
there was a little bit of a, like disturbance in space time for these other alien civilizations. What if the only thing that's kept alien civilizations, alien races from completely just taking over and invading us is United States, Russia, China, you know, Britain, Israel, all like Pakistan, India, all these countries with nukes have an agreement that if we're ever invaded, they just completely set all their nukes off at once and completely rip the fabric of space time apart. I wonder if that's, uh, you know, because if if that whole idea that they really hate it whenever nukes go off, that would definitely fuck up any uh, space time situation. That's a good point. That's some heavy yeah. shit there, Phil. Yeah. Of course, it's, you know, that Valiant Thor story. So right. He's I would, kind of a flim flam man, but. <laughs> if I had to guess anything, I would say it's more, there's not that many planets with like resources. And I would say <laughs> they wouldn't yeah. want humans to destroy earth but that's just that's just um be my guess the problem is we're finding goldilocks you know earth-sized planets like all the time now we were well not all the time but we're we're finding more and more of them they're either they're usually like we find um kind of like the rocky planets in what their 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 stars goldilocks zone is we're finding some rocky planets that are living inside of these, you know, systems. So, I mean, more and more, like the, we used to think that Earth was kind of like a weird, you know, like a weird, not, there's not many Earths out there, but now we're kind of thinking like, oh, there might be quite a few, you know, we're finding a shit ton of hot Jupiters, which is the problem, but we're also finding some rocky planets around stars that actually could have life. So we're finding more and more now. Was that? Did you just describe an allegory for hipsters, Phil? Possibly. <laughs> the uh, yeah. So there. One of the problems, um, basically, with this, the telescopes that are looking out and find trying to find these these planets around suns. There's these gigantic Jupiters that have extremely close orbits to their star, and they think that a lot of these Jupiter-sized planets actually sucked up all of the material that would have made rocky planets on the inner solar system of or inner star system of these uh, planetary, you know, star systems. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Phil, uh, let me finish off for Andy here. He has one more thing okay. that he's doing that is going to save humanity, possibly. Randy... Mm. Randy uh, Kramer is attempting to develop a holographic medical bed, bed that will regrow limbs and cure diseases. Now, I don't know if he, nice. he's going to pull this off, but uh, it'd be kind of cool if he did. Now, okay, Phil, of, uh, now that we talked about Mars, a lot of it revolves around, you know, actually going to Mars and is there life there in this and that? Do you think Randy uh, has been to Mars and has saved? Uh, I don't know if he even saved it because the reptilians and insectoids seem to be just kind of chilling there. Um, so what yep. do you think about Randy? What do you think about his story? Oh, I give Randy 0.001%. I'll give him, <laughs> I'll give him, I'll give him the 001 percenter. Um, yeah, his uh he's not a very good science fiction writer, I don't think. His uh I mean, maybe if maybe if the right screenwriters got a hold of it, maybe they could make it into kind of like a decent movie, but 
yeah, it's uh, it's not that great. Um, for if he actually ever did this stuff, no, not I give him I give him even less than that. Yeah, zero 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 one percent of it's a total total bullshit. I do like the holographic medical beds from uh, like maybe he watched Star a lot of Trek. Star Trek when he yep. was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. Okay. What do you think? Do you think there's life on Mars right now? Do I think that there's intelligent life or life in general? Okay, we'll start with intelligent life. No. Okay, how about life in general, just any life? Possible, yeah. I would say it's very, if there's water, there could be life. Okay, do you think Jesus has been there? Uh, No. Okay. Not at all. Unless one of the unless one of the Mars Defense Forces guys was a Hispanic gentleman named Jesus. I don't think <laughs> Jesus has been there. No, I don't think so. What if Jesus was the commander? What if he traveled him and Barry Sotero traveled through time to train US Marine Corps to fight off aliens? Possible. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Um That is those those are my favorite uh pictures of Jesus with an with a uh AR-15 and an American flag Hell like yeah. a, with a, as a sash around his waist. That's awesome. <laughs> and chest. All right. Is there any conspiracies or any mysteries about Mars that you think might have um, any credence? I guess I did leave out one that has been debunked to hell where people were yes. looking at NASA pictures of Mars and the moon and they thought they were lying saying or they thought they were lying and they believe that Mars was the exact same size as the moon just because of the pictures. Have you yes. heard that one before? Yeah, I have. I've heard I've heard that one before a little bit. I actually thought you were going to talk about the um, the man face of Mars. Yeah, but that one's been debunked to hell, too. That's the same situation with that statue, where if you look at it at the right light with the right amount of shadows, it looks like a face. Yeah. But if you look at it when it's high noon and there's no shadows, it's like, oh, that's just a rock formation. That's nothing. Yeah. You know, you know what I did find was interesting is I can't remember. I think they've had 17 successful rovers land on Mars or whatever. Um, yes. But they've ha- okay. they've had like 40 missions so there's been a lot of failures. Oh, yeah. We probably only hear about the successes. Well, I really. mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was shocked. Uh, there's been a lot of failures. So maybe that is a good reason why humans <laughs> haven't just launched them there yet. Yeah, we're worried about. Well, that's the problem, too, is everyone's like, you know, they're asking, like, oh, would you? Well, first of all, the bad thing is it's like, oh, would you go to Mars? Like, oh, I'd definitely go. They don't realize it's a one way trip. Like you are going yeah. to die on that planet because they can't send you. They they maybe could send you back, but they're not going to. It you know it wouldn't be worth the return trip to send you back. So another thing too is everyone's like, oh, it's getting so shitty here. We should all just go to Mars. It's like, listen, the technology it's going to take to make Mars a livable place for a human being could be used on Earth, where we already have oxygen and all of this stuff to make it, you know, inhabitable for us to live on Earth in a more comfortable environment. So let's just focus on making Earth, you know, livable. Yeah, yeah it's not too late, not too late yet to uh, reverse the pollution. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of fighting, yeah. but uh, it's definitely well, not it, too late. There might need to be a call, get the yeah. numbers down to below 2 billion. <laughs> a couple of world wars, a couple of fights over water. 
probably there looking forward to those. Well, Randy will be leading the charge as the master general. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll conclude this episode this week. If uh, anybody has been in the Mars Defense Force and they want to tell us about their stories, where can they do that, Phil? Well, Laura Eisenhower can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from everybody. You know, it's uh, it's great. We get kind of like, we get some, uh, you know, enthusiasm about the show. We get ideas for possible episodes. It's really awesome. Probably an even better way to get a hold of us, though, uh, Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, loving all the likes, all of, you know, all the replies from people. It's great to see all the interaction. Thank you for all of that. Cody and I both have our own Instagram pages. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you've got one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody'sAbub on Instagram. I post memes. Uh, come follow me. Look at all of that. Uh, the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say, just something mean or nice. Just make sure it's five stars. The other thing is, man, you guys have been fucking killing it. I just looked at the reviews today gotten quite a quite a few over the last month so thank you to everybody who's been doing that all our beautiful spotify listeners uh all you got to do is hit that follow button if you haven't already and it's essentially like the review for spotify and it boosts us up the charts and helps us spread the truth out there otherwise guys i hope you enjoyed this episode uh just a little for all you planet nerds or space nerds like phil and i i hope you enjoyed it See you guys next week. Thanks, guys.